and podcast available on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Podbean, a lot of places, places I've never heard of. So I have a couple of guests I've invited to my lavish studios, and I ambushed them. So they had no prior warning, so I'm waiting for them to call in. In the meantime, um, what I'm going to do is I did the, I read all those um, prayers and creeds that us Catholics were supposed to pray at Mass and throughout our day. And uh, I made a taping yesterday video of me reading those out loud and a few of the creeds and just wanted to make a few comments on that. Um, one fellow commented about an hour ago, and of course, the people that, that comment, the ones that are attacking the Catholic Church, they never, they just attack, they never say, hey, I'm a Presbyterian, and this is why I believe this. They don't do that, or they never say, I'm a member of First Baptist. They never do. They, they come to you in a cloak of mystery, a mask on. And uh, they do not want to engage with Scripture on Scripture. So one of my good friends has told me that I'm being, that uh, I'm harsh on YouTube. And if I'm harsh, I'm sorry. I wonder if some of it has to do with my voice having been lasered and operated on. I've had all kinds of vocal cord surgery. Maybe it makes me sound more grouchy than I intend. intend. So let's go over this real quick. I cleaned out my garage. One of the first books that I got a hold of when I was reading and searching about becoming the Catholic Church was this one here, Rome Sweet. Wrong by some guy you've probably never heard of, Scott Hahn. And uh, I've met him one time. And uh, but I got this book here, and it's, you know, him and his wife were big time uh, Presbyterian, Calvinist, or Reformed theology. And I believe he was actually the president of a Reformed theology. Um, diocese or church so you know and i was into that i, I kind of raised that way so he writes him and his wife's journey to Rome, and everyone says he's the best and i would have to say that um whoever can make you understand your relationship with jesus Catholic Church, um, anything like that, uh, the person that can explain it to you and you kind of get it, that, that's who the best teacher is. Um, I use, I like to listen to Rob on Blue Collar Catholic, and he's one style. Then when I worked at EW10, I would listen to Father Mitch because I had to, I was standing there behind us. Uh, camera with a gun because I was security and also was able to um, 
drive him around and uh, listen to him. But he's really good. There's a lot of people that's good. But I'm a firm believer. Now, when I first became Catholic, all I heard was older Catholics and veteran Catholics telling me that their church was half empty and only the, there's only some old ladies there. And I was like, well, I live in the Bible Belt of the Deep South. The Baptists are on every corner. There's about, you know, a, a quarter inch out of a mile is Catholic. And I'm like, it's not like that here because I go to Mass here in the Birmingham area. And there's some Catholic churches here. Unless you get there very early, you're not getting in, period. Okay? Um, the church I go to, the cathedral, we have uh, numerous cycles of the Mass. So one might be jam-packed, and uh, one might be not so full, but by the time you've been running one after another, you know, multiple times over the weekend, you're seeing thousands of people. But I just, you know, these people are um, complaining about the Catholic Church drying up, but I just, I don't see it when I go to church, when I go to Mass, and I look before me. Now, I'm 60. I know everybody thinks I'm in my 20s or 30s, but when I look around, I realize that I'm one of the oldest people at Mass wherever I go. Latin Mass, or maybe not the Melkite, uh, but any Catholic church I go to, I'm one. Now, I'm not saying I'm a little old man with the cane. In I'm not saying that I'm, you know, on a walker. And one of the, what I am saying is, as a 60-year-old, I look around and most everybody at Mass is younger than me, a lot younger. We have pews full of young people. Um, 30-somethings, 20-somethings, kids, screaming kids all over the place. It is not a quiet church at all. And there's others like that. But when I got on Instagram to start Catholic for Rednecks, and when I had to force Brian of Catholicism, when I had to force him to do what he's doing, I'm trying to get him to do a YouTube channel. Um. I was shocked at, and on YouTube, I was, and TikTok, you would not believe how many people from 14, 15 years old, all the way up to 30, were starting Catholic YouTube channels, Instagram, TikTok, man, it's just, it, when I started this channel, Catholic for Rednecks, I did it really thinking that, uh, you know, I was a pioneer. <laughs> and because uh, I didn't know about anybody else, just regular guys like me explaining the Catholic faith, which that's why we had this channel. But I didn't know there was anybody out there. And then the algorithms and uh, your Google history on YouTube, they start feeding you others. But Catholic social media, YouTube is much better than EWTN, okay, much better. Um, EWTN is a, uh, the friars there are wonderful. I know a bunch of them that do the mass there every morning 
every afternoon. And they are the greatest guys in the world, the Franciscans over there. Um, all of those friars, you know, the brown robes are doing the mass at EW10. They're wonderful men of God. I've been around a bunch of them. Um, but as far as people teaching, preaching, and explaining the Catholic faith, these young 20-somethings and 30-somethings on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, or blowing those teachers on EWTN away. There's no comparison. There's no comparison. You got people like Rob and you got uh, Laura, what Laura likes. Um, just, I know I'd leave out a bunch, but you know, you got all uh, that one Catholic girl, you got that one black Catholic chick, you got just regular people, you got, um, Matthew Poole doing podcast. You got, you got just regular people and a lot of moms with kids. These um Latin mass moms with the veils that all uh, they believe in. Uh, what do they call it? Is it homesteading? But I just know so many young Catholic people, uh, girls and guys, just starting pages, starting accounts. Uh, making videos by the hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands. And they, you put all those guys together and they're reaching a lot more people. Um, they're reaching a harvest. TikTok is a harvest. So I'm really glad uh, that I'm doing my little part. This channel is to inform people like me all about the Catholic Church because here in the Deep South, the Bible Belt, the home of the Southern Baptist, the home of Church of the Highlands, 90-something um, percent Protestant. Um, don't nobody around here know what the Catholic Church believes, even the preachers. And if you don't think there's a lot of disinformation, just every day, come to my page and read the comments, and you will read the same old weak, uh, weak fake news. You trying to, I mean, just uh, it's aggravating because it's like talking to children. You ever told your grandbaby no about a thousand times, and no, we can't go here, no, you can't go outside and run across the road. Just, you know, it's like the same things because these people that are attacking the Catholic Church um, in the comments. It's like, you know, sometimes your grandchild will try to lecture you on something. You're like 50, 60, 40 years old and thinking, who does this little girl think she is? Because, you know, and, and then when people get to be the age of between 14 and 18, uh, they know everything. They know everything, but they know nothing. They know nothing. So these people in the comments, I call them trolls. You know, they they like to hit, 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 hit on what we believe as Catholics. And they hit us with a nothing burger, a nothing scripture. They are the kings of taking scripture out of context. On um, the Church of Christ, the Adventists, non-denominational, Methodists, 
um, Lutherans, just the kings, the professionals, the royal family, the experts out of misquoting scripture. Okay? So, to know if somebody's misquoting scripture or taking it out of context, then you need to spend time reading the Bible. Okay? I read the King James and use King James exclusively unless I'm at Mass uh, doing the readings because my target audience on YouTube podcasts is somebody that's interested in God and wondering what Catholics believe. Okay, because believe it or not, people are drawn to the Catholic Church from every walk of life. You, It's mind-blowing the emails and texts I get of people that happen across the show and all like me or even say, hey, I started watching Catholic Fred next four years ago. Now I'm Catholic. It's just mind-blowing. But you got to know what the word says. And these non-Catholics that are always attacking, such as uh, one of their favorite verses is in Exodus where uh, Moses, where the children of Israel were told not to fashion images of things you know, graven images of things in space and on the earth and creeping around. Uh, and don't bow down to worship them. Don't make idols, images. And then, you know, the uh, non-Catholic thinks, the first thing they think about is us idol-worshiping, statue-worshiping Catholics. So they see a picture or video of the Catholic Mass or Mary, and they jump right on it with their sad, weak scriptures. Because what these Protestants do is a cherry pick. Because each, most every Protestant denomination is based on a certain truth that they feel like is is the uh, the big deal. Okay, for instance, if you read the Southern Baptist Statement of Faith and read their theology. After reading it, you will surmise that the entire gist of the Catholic faith, I mean the Southern Baptist faith, is once saved, always saved, or justified by faith in Christ alone. That's the, that is the Southern Baptist message. It's faith in Christ alone and all. Asking Jesus into your heart. That's just, you know, it's once saved, always saved. That is their, uh, that's their thing. Once saved, always saved. And you know what? I hope and pray they are right. I do. Yeah, I want everyone that's ever had a relationship with Christ, even if it was when they were a kid, or a toddler, whatever, I hope. I hope the Southern Baptists are right. That if you say a prayer, by the way, that prayer's nowhere in the Bible. Uh, you got to pull some together. They come up with something called a sinner's prayer. Uh, they come up with a little thing called four spiritual laws. Uh, the Romans uh, map to heaven. 
they come up with a lot of little pamphlets to tell you how to get saved. Because nobody seems to know, well, how do I get saved? You know, um, the New Testament says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we may not do everything uh, in all the order that we're supposed to do, but uh, anyone that's called out to Jesus and wanted help, wanted forgiveness, wanted a relationship, I hope that that is eternal. And I know for sure that um, when you're baptized as a Catholic, that that baptism is a sacrament and it puts what they call an indelible mark on your soul. So if you're watching this and you used to be Catholic, you've got a spiritual tattoo across your eternal soul, a mark from God that you were baptized and brought to the Catholic Church. And so, you know, that's where your soul has been plugged in. I would go back to Mother. But knowing scriptures in context, the uh, non-Catholics are going to quote you a scripture seemingly that uh, that knocks out or uh, is opposed to a Catholic teaching. Okay, um, like when we say um, the Hail Mary, they get bent out of shape and uh, they say Mary's a sinner then they'll quote you a scripture, for there is none, it's out of Romans chapter 3, there is none righteous, no, not one. They're just going to give you that scripture. They ain't going to read the 14 in front and the 14 after. And a lot of times they will not read the very next scripture because uh, those little numbers mean nothing. It's a fault. Okay? You can't just take what Jesus or Paul was saying or writing and just take that one sentence and pull it out of that whole letter and build in, uh, something all around it, okay? And you also can't go through the Bible and pick out topics and then string all those scriptures together about that topic because a lot of times uh, those uh, books were not addressed to us in our situation. Now, I know not a lot of people don't agree with me. For example, that scripture, no, I'm not going to say it. People get mad at me. But always know exactly what that scripture says. Because, for instance, uh, I got a good friend. Uh, she don't want to be Catholic because Catholics believe in purgatory. And she don't want no purgatory and she don't want it doesn't want to think that any of her family that are Christian could be there. And to tell you the truth, uh, being brought up Southern Baptist, I laughed and made fun of purgatory. Didn't see it, okay? So, as Catholics, a lot of Catholics don't know this. As Catholics, we believe when we die, when a Catholic dies, he goes straight to see Jesus for his personal judgment. Okay. That is in Hebrews. Okay. But then Jesus, okay, 
you know, he said, hey, come on in here, my boy. But first, you're going to have to wipe them feet off for you come on these streets of gold of mine. For you go walking in your new mansion, you got some dirty feet. Let me see them. Oh, you got some dirty hands. So we got a purging area over there. Just follow Peter and your angel over there, and we'll see you soon. Because you got to get that stuff off of you before you go in to the big party. So, hey, you can come in and sit down. Lord is a dog, my wife. So she don't want to be Catholic because of purgatory. And she quoted the scripture of for which for to be absent from the body is to be present to the Lord. That's what these Baptists love that scripture. All Protestants love it because they believe that if you are a born-again believer, that once you sign that contract verbally. Jesus, surrender my life to you. Come into my life. Take my sins away. Be my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. Once you do that, you know, from the heart and with your mouth, once you do that, they believe you, they believe you are forever saved. And there's no purgatory. It's either you die unsaved and go to hell forever and ever and ever. Or you die saved and you go straight to those loving arms of Jesus. Okay. Now they believe that even if you're a born again, Holy Ghost filled, tongue talking Christian, okay, and you've been going to church for the last 10 years, you ain't missed a Sunday, you pay your tithes, you, um, you're a good Christian, you listen to. Charles Stanley and Joel Osteen all the time on the TV and the radio, and then uh, you get tempted and you see a hooker on the side of the road, and your wife hadn't been fulfilling her end of the contract, and you see that hooker, so you go pick her up, and you find the $8 an hour motel, so your born-again self goes into the hotel room with the hooker. And while you're having a great time, you die right in her arms of a massive heart attack. Or you catch a stray bullet in the head right in the midst of adultery, fornication. Now, that the Southern Baptists believe that that guy that's in there with the hooker cheating on his wife uh, he said a prayer when he was eight years old or whenever. And they believe that even though he's in a very act of fornication, sexual intercourse, right, and dies right then, these uh, Protestants, like Southern Baptists, the Presbyterians, they believe he's going straight to the loving arms of Jesus. And they're going to uh, high five and chest bump each other, and Jesus gonna say, "Come here, son. Here's the keys. Your mansion, and everything come into my glory." You know. Now, never mind that. Uh, three minutes ago, uh, Brother Joe was uh, with Hooker in a hotel room in mortal 
adultery and dies before he can say, I'm sorry. Before he can say, I'm sorry. He dies, you know, it's no problem. Going straight to heaven. Everlasting joy, eternal bliss. That's where they believe. And I hope they're right. But they, they come up with that verse. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Meaning, they are quoting that scripture that the moment you die as a believer, you're straight to Jesus, straight to him, okay? Catholics don't believe that that lasts, but until he tells you, enter into my glory, go over there to the purging station. So we got two options. Uh, anyhow, back to my thing. So that verse does not say that. Okay, it says that we would rather be absent from the body and be present with the Lord. We would rather be dead, absent, asleep in Christ, and be with Jesus. That is what he says. But they're going to take that verse and misquote it and hurl it at you. Um, the no, none, there's no righteous, no, not one. Um, then you turn around. And they're going to tell you there ain't nobody righteous. Mary wasn't righteous. Bye, 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 bye. She wasn't the uh, ever virgin. She was a sinner woman going to hell that needed a savior. Oh, Mary's dead and in the grave. I've seen that a hundred times. She's just a dead sinner, a dead rotten sinner. I've heard many people say stuff like that and put it in the comments. They say there's none righteous. No, not one, but. Does the Bible teach that? No. The Bible lists several individuals and called them either righteous or perfect or upright. Uh, look at Job. Okay. The Bible said the dude was righteous before God. Okay. Look at Zechariah and uh, Elizabeth. That is all. Uh, John the Baptist, mom and dad, uh, read what Luke, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says about them. Uh, perfect and just, upright, kept all the law. That sounds righteous to me. Uh, what about Abraham? For it is accounted to him righteousness because he believed. So there's a righteous person. What about righteous Abel? Doesn't the Bible call him righteous, able, um, hell Mary, full of grace? What does that mean? <laughs> Man, if you're full of God's grace, you're righteous. Uh, James says the, right, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Well, Baptist Bob just told me that there ain't nobody righteous. So how can a righteous prayer availeth much? How can, you know, you know there's just... These things are out of context, always. Anything that, anytime someone uses the Bible or the devil uses the Bible, anytime someone comes at you with the Word of God against your Catholic faith, a Catholic teaching, okay? When they come at you, you need to know what the Bible actually says, because they're always wrong. You hear me? 
the Catholic Church always has an answer. Every time they think they got us, oh, we got old John now with this, they'll hit you with the haymaker. Hey, Lord Cutler Beckett, they'll hit you with a haymaker. What about this scripture? Like the ones about statues. Well, you know, uh, what God said, he said, but I don't think he was saying it the way the Brother Baptist says it, but in Exodus 25, they don't like this. Exodus 25, verse 18, you will read that God told Moses to command the people to make statues of angels, right? And to make an Ark of the Covenant and to do all these palm trees and decorations and all this. And you know what? Um, when they did that, a great smoke, the Holy Spirit, ascended from the tabernacle and <laughs> it caused reactions. People fell out. Um, people bowed down. People would try to keep it from tumping over. Um, you weren't supposed to touch it. It was holy. So, these people that are quoting a scripture or a half scripture out of context, you can't have statues. These same guys I drag every statue out of Walmart that looks like Santa Claus, Virgin Mary, baby Jesus, and put them in there. My neighbor still got them. Uh, you know, I can't say that because our tree's still up. But, you know, all of a sudden my neighbor, you know, Anti-Catholic, y'all got statues in the church. Come Christmas time, he got 45 statues in his yard. And those same, same people that get on here and troll me and say, those are pagan idols in the Catholic church. I say, do you have a Christmas tree in your house? Oh, yeah, but that's not pagan. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 10 forbids bringing trees into your home or church and to decorate them. Straight up says it was a form of idol worship. To see the anti-Catholics on here, they'll hit you with that one. Then they'll say, oh, I can't argue with you because I got to head to church for decorating for Christmas. Or we're doing our fall festival with our pumpkins. Do you know that if you're watching me on YouTube right now, I'm not talking about the podcast, but if you're watching my ugly mug right now on YouTube, you are looking at a graven image, okay? Pictures or images. If these people, you Catholics, can't, you're not supposed to have any images in, in the church. It's out of worship. You're going straight to hell. And uh, they saying that to you while they're looking at a uh, pagan altar called an iPhone that's got an apple bit from the Garden of Eden. That's a clear indicator. And they're looking at their graven image, social media images, graven, made with hands. <laughs> they're staring. Yeah, they're staring at a laptop. They're staring at a picture on their iPhone of a Catholic mass telling us to quit looking at 
images while they're looking at an image. <laughs> these people, the poor Protestants, they just don't, they don't think things out. It's like talking to little kids. My granddaughter, she don't want to eat nothing healthy. She wants to eat ice cream. When she comes over, I'm hungry. I want some ice cream. And my wife is trying to make her eat something like avocado or tomato or fruit or something green. And the, the, she cannot understand why in the world you want her to eat that nasty, bland food. When there's ice cream and all the banana splits, that tastes a lot better. See that? But you can't, you can't convince them, look, this ice cream looks good. Just like all that fancy praise and worship with the, everybody all dolled up in their matching outfits. They got the smoke machines going, but they don't like incense. And they got all the colors flashing around, but they don't like our stained glass. And they got their cool pastor, their preacher, Pastor Trevor, uh, Pastor uh, Noah, you know, they got cool names, spiky and all this, and torn up blue jeans, and they cool, right? Ice cream. It's ice cream. It's, they preach everything but Jesus. They preach politics. They preach morality. They preach against sin, but they don't ever preach on Jesus or the sacraments. They don't even believe in the sacraments. So you got to know the Bible to respond. And I've asked a few people that say they know the Bible and know the faith that would help me in these comments because it's probably 95% of the time a waste of time to argue, convince, debate, especially the people that are not going to read your answer. Does the church have its own specific incense? Yes, we have a certain brand. I'll find that out. Okay, I'll find that out. I know that the, um, the different rites have different ways of doing things. Remember, the Catholic Church is more than the Roman Catholic Church. And that's another thing. These trolls, they like to say Roman Catholic, RCC. As soon as they start using that term, RCC, that is your clue right off the bat. This person doesn't know anything about what Catholics believe or what the Catholic Church is. As soon as I say RCC, my own brother come over here arguing with me. They weren't really arguing with me. He was kind of asking me some uh, tough questions. We were sitting out there, and uh, my Baptist brother, he goes, what do you think about? Vatican II. What do you think about Vatican II? Okay. And uh, I said, to tell you the truth, I don't know much about it. Now, look, Vatican II, well, <laughs> these rad trads that are mad, you know, they're mad about Vatican II. Guarantee you 99.9% .9 of those. Rad trads, sad, mad trads, haven't read it. They haven't read it, you know. 
I, I'll tell you how much of it I've read. I think I got to the second page. Yeah, I got like to the second page because I ain't smart enough to read this. These men here, they can do some fancy teaching and writing, and I ain't smart enough. But I am smart enough to get me a penny catechism or St. Joseph's Children of Baltimore and read that to get it, okay? So you got to know your scripture. So my brother says, what do you think about Vatican II? Yep, there's the Ukraine, right? I would love to do that. For you podcast people, I'm not talking to uh, ghosts. I am reading comments. But my when I asked my brother, what do you think about Vatican II? Because I didn't even know what Vatican I was. Okay? He said, I just don't understand why they moved and and started all over again. And I'm saying, what are you talking about? He said, why did they move the building and the church? Why? Because he thought Vatican I was like uh, the first location of the St. Peter's and that they tore that down and they moved to location number two, Vatican II, and started a brand new Vatican. You know, St. Peter's, that's what he thought. He thought Vatican I and Vatican II were just addresses. And he wanted to know, as a new Catholic, was I upset with the changes? What changes Vatican II? Because he thought changes to where the facilities were. And that's about how smart a lot of these people that hate on the nervous order mass, they're the same way. So, you know, I'm probably never going to read this in my life. Why read it? Vatican II. Why read it? I think the Latin Mass is beautiful, but attend the Norvis Orders Mass. They are both beautiful and the truth. I've been to Latin Mass at the Blessed Sacrament, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Now, I didn't know what was going on, and I was too busy eyeballing you know, they up there like the Wizard of Oz, got their back to me and they're and lifting up the robes and doing, and I don't know what's going on. I don't realize the mass is about Jesus and the priest is representing me, kind of like Moses, to God and offering up Christ, the same Christ, the same offering, not a new one. Not a brand new one, not not a re-sacrifice. He's entered into time, the time of God, and he's got the body and the blood, and he's in with the cross. He's raising that cross. He is raising Jesus as our sacrifice. Bread and wine become the body of Christ, the blood of Christ. And then a couple minutes later, we consume divinity. Physically, Jesus said, long with you, always, even to the end of the earth. That's one of the ways he's with us. But, you know, these people say that um, we're saved by faith alone. We're saved by faith alone. We're saved by faith alone. Memorize some scriptures, okay? Uh, they do not like to hear the Bible quoted back. They'll, 9% of the time, they'll tuck and run. 
if they quote you something against the Catholic Church from the Bible, I guarantee you there's something in the preceding or following verse that destroys their argument because the Catholic Church would not put scriptures in the Bible to condemn itself. Because these people were smart, holy, devout men for the most part. Okay, these church fathers, they were legit on fire for God and Jesus. All right? These people were legit. They did a bunch of writing and studying. Okay? So find out what they said. You got you got to learn this stuff. You got to learn this stuff about the statues, um, about um, we'd rather be with the Lord. They have nothing. Look anti-Catholic, Protestant, non-Catholic believers, there's not anything they can hit you with. But you need to learn how to answer these guys, okay? Even if you're a redneck, just some hick, a roofer, a ditch digger, you work at Walmart, I'm, I'm nobody. Okay, just regular people, you have a brain. And if you put five or six minutes a day into it, it'll pay off. But God gave you a brain and he gave you YouTube. Learn these scriptures, the scriptures that um, the Protestants want to spit out like machine gun bullets. Learn those scriptures in their context. Okay? And never engage with one of these guys unless they're going to engage with you. Like there's a guy named uh, Tim Spangler. Uh, he's a world-famous troll. If you start any Catholic channel on any platform that exists, sooner or later, Tiny Tim is going to show up. And he lays a few turds. He lays a few turds, anti-Catholic sounding scriptures. And he'll, he'll leave a pile of them all over your comments. Then, boom, if he engages with you, he'll just spit out more. But he does not like to hear the Bible quoted back. These guys, they don't know the Bible. What they have done is they have cherry-picked these favorite parts of the Bible and said, this is what it means. Now, Catholic Church. Not only did they put the Bible together themselves, they interpreted it long ago. You want to know what this means? Go to the church. That's why we have a catechism. I meant to bring it over here. I got the white one. It's hard reading, man. It's hard reading. Um, like I said, I got the Vatican II right here. Look, that's some hard reading. I got my John Paul catechism. You got the Baltimore Catechism, which I prefer. You got St. Joseph's. It's a little catechism for kids. You can read it. Okay. You can go. Uh, there's one called the, uh, I think it's called the Pennyworth. Penny something. I had to go back. The Penny Catechism. The Penny Catechism. What you do is you go in your browser on YouTube. Penny Catechism. Hit enter. Behold. It's like four hours, three or four hours long, 
with some old grandfather reading. And you can listen to the whole Catholic catechism every night while you're sleeping. It gets into your ears. Romans says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I counter a process. Yeah. Okay. I saw that comment. I've heard it too. So what you got to do is you got to learn your facts and figures. Facts and figures. Now one thing, so you know your Bible, read the freaking catechism. It ain't going to kill you to read it. Yes, there's early church writings. There are podcasts where you can go on podcasts on YouTube, uh, Spotify, and listen to little five and ten minute teaching devotionals every day. Man, don't don't let these guys bully you. They don't have anything. I don't care how many initials they've got by their name. They went to this seminary. They're a PhD. PhD means post hole digger. Okay. Just because they sat in a classroom for years, not living a life, to become an expert in book learning does not mean that they have any walking around sense. I was in the military and I knew jet pilots that flow, you know, flew jets, Top Gun, you know, Goose and Iceman and Maverick. Okay. I've known people like that in real life. You know what? They're not like that in real life. Uh, these guys, some of them are so dumb when it comes to walking around. They ain't got walking around since. They make them fly a billion dollar jet, but uh, they ain't got no walking around since. And these PhDs, uh, People like John MacArthur, you know, he wants to believe the Bible here, but I don't want to read the Bible, believe it here. These people are pick and choosers. What's called low-hanging fruit. They're too lazy or they won't go up there and grab the, the good stuff. Uh, it's too much trouble, you know. Um, if you just listen, there is nothing in the Bible and I'm talking to Protestants, Catholics, Muslims, there's nothing in this Bible that opposes the Catholic, the teachings of the Catholic Church. Nothing. There's nothing. And I promise you, these people that want to debate you and fuss with you, uh, once you come at them with facts and knowledge, some scriptures, some dates, so they fold. They'll fold. Uh, the other night, young lady, get on here. Thank you, Lord Cutler Beckett, for going to the March Life. Hey, I was at the March Life, but I couldn't get out of my hotel room. I was there. But um, these people, these anti-Catholic people, they do deny facts. Okay, they they're full of they. They don't think they're lying. They've just been they've been hearing this stuff all their life. If they go to church or if they study from a Protestant view, that's why I was raised. I was raised to believe the Bible in a Protestant fashion. Um, we looked at the Catholic Church as being uh, a bunch of 
uh, pagans. I, that's what I always believed. I believed that Constantine uh, got saved and had this pure early church. It was pretty much Baptist or Presbyterian. And then to appease the Romans, he got, got all their pagan rituals and put them together with the early gospel and blended all up into the Catholic Church. That's what I thought. You know, they said, you know, he started the Catholic Church. He did not. And he wasn't the first pope. Just learn your dates. Yeah, they would. They are heretics. They are heretics, Sheila. And I say that kind. I mean, everybody thinks I'm mean. But if you believe something that runs against the dogmas of the church, the plain teachings of the church, that's heresy. And, you know, nowadays they don't usually torture you for it. They, they'll do it verbally. But uh, if, if you believe in a teaching that goes against the plain word of God, you're heretic. Okay. Uh, Jesus said, whosoever shall eat my flesh and uh, drinks my blood shall have eternal life. Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh, and drink my blood, you cannot, you have no eternal life in you. Now, that's the plain spoken word of God. Facts do mean to who doesn't want to hear the truth. I agree. I mean, if Jesus said, you know, this is my body, this is my blood, over and over, right? If all we see it in the Old Testament, if we hear it in John chapter 6, he said, my flesh and my blood, the word means to chew, to gnaw. Now, if it was some spiritual thing, then Jesus, the Holy Spirit, when I use the word chew, you watch people eat. Nobody likes to be looked at while they eat. Go look at a woman, a pretty woman, while she's eating at a restaurant. They don't like that. They don't like that. Just go, you know, because you're going, I don't care how pretty they are. They can't make eating look pretty. It always looks bad. The Greek Bible uses the word gnaw. Now, you don't gnaw on something like you're not the, you know, the bread they had was perfect. You know, do you ever get Jesus stuck in your mouth? I've got some dental work. And some people will take Jesus, you know, the host, and let the host dissolve without chewing. I know Catholics have never ever in their lives touched the sacrament, the host, never, ever. It's always been put on their tongue since they can remember, okay? But, you know, have you ever put the host in your mouth and you, and you start, I mean, it, you know, it's all in there and, and all. You know, I always wondered about that. What do you, you know, what, what do you do? I'm not trying to be vulgar, but one time, after Mass, I had chewed up Jesus. Yeah, Jr. I had chewed up Jesus. And and uh, after about, you know, the I go to big Catholic church. Communion takes half of the Mass. I mean, they're in line forever. And you're looking around and think, where are these people coming from? They're Catholic. Where are they? I live in Alabama. Where are they coming from? So um, I put some chewing gum in my mouth. And before you chew me out for it, 
I have certain medical conditions, okay? And my throat gets dry as sand. And I know people that go through chemo and radiation. My oldest son has been through more surgeries, chemos and radiations. He's in the record books. He's in the record books. And he was chewing gum after radiation uh, to keep his mouth moist at mass. And I just, you know, I had a video of him and all these Pharisees and Taliban folks, assholes is what they are, got on there. What's he doing? Chewing gum at mass. I'm like, man, you know, he just had radiation and his mouth is dry as sand and he's at mass. You know, people are, and it's just amazing. But our priests at the time, I won't dox it, but our priests would have gum in his mouth all the time. I can see him. I've known other priests that do that. And I've seen people chew gum at mass, but I had gum in my mouth, which I didn't think nothing of. And my son, Brian, from Catholicism, and I thought, he's, you know, here we are. We're still on our knees. You know, we're watching everybody. And, and I'm putting gum. Get that out of here. Swallow it. Swallow it. Swallow it. That's what he told me. Right in mass. My kid, that I taught how to wipe his rear end. Okay? I taught him how to wipe his bottom. And he's telling me to swallow my gum. So I did. I swallowed my gum. And I said, why? And he said, because you may have got parts of Jesus into that gum. And you may throw that gum in the trash with Jesus in the gum. Because we as Catholics, I ain't talking about the Joe Biden kind. I'm talking about Catholics. We believe that the body and the blood were Jesus in the Eucharist. Okay, so that piece of bread, the host, whatever you call it, wafer. I know know the uh, independent Baptists called it the death cookie. That we worship and eat a death cookie, and all. Uh, so we believe that that is Jesus Christ, God Almighty, everything that He is. Okay, so Jesus said, the Book of Acts says twice in verse in chapter two. That I think it's chapter two, maybe two and four, but. You know, Jesus' body would not see corruption. What is corruption? Decomposition, spoiled, dirty, ruined. No. So um, we would not want to put parts of the body of Jesus Christ in a gutter. They've got a special thing in the sacristy where if there's leftover consecrated wine, the precious blood. Um, they've got this thing and they'll pour it in there and it goes into the dirt holy ground that's been consecrated for that purpose. So, you know, we got to honor the Eucharist at my mass. We got some burly guys. They got in different places and, you know, they're not there uh, to be greeters. and They're watching to make sure that everyone that comes forward to get Jesus actually consumes the host.
okay, because there has been times past where these all devil worshipers are still one and act like they're putting in their mouth and take it and try to use it in a black mass. And, you know, what they do is they advertise the heck out of it more than the real mass. So we sue and pray and all this stuff. Well, there have been people walk out that door with Jesus and put him in their house, you know, get a little thing and put Jesus there. And they got Jesus there. They don't have to go to adoration because he's there in the living room. So they're trying to cut that back so these guys are watching. But, you know, Jesus himself said, if you don't eat my flesh and blood, you're not, you're not going to heaven. But they don't believe that. They don't believe it. You can read that verse to them out of 900 different translations. And they will fight it. Because that is the one passage that if they believe to be true, they will have to admit that they're in the wrong church. Okay, a lot of this, they don't want to know. They don't want to know the truth. They want to know a verse that supports their favorite theory. Once saved, always saved. Give me two or three verses that seem to indicate when you just read them right there uh, that they're eternal security. It's comforting. Um, you know, Protestants mad at us because we have so much fun doing stuff. We got so much cool stuff to do in the Catholic Church, and they see it all as works, and they want to remind us that we're saved by faith alone. So they'll want to misquote, half quote Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. They don't ever do the tell verse 10. And if you start quoting that verse to them, they'll get mad. Okay, because you know, Ephesians 2 says it's all faith, it's all grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. Then there's another verse that goes with that. And once you read it, it starts talking about working. Uh, they don't like the book of James. You know, that's one of the reasons that uh, Martin Luther, um, you know, he hated the book of James because it went totally against his ideas. Okay. Um, he wanted it to be just faith alone. You know, you just believe in Jesus and everything's okay. I hope he's right. I don't want to go to purgatory. I don't want to go to hell. See, Catholics don't believe that you can just live this life on saying a prayer 25 years ago. We don't believe that. We believe in the sacraments. And every sacrament was ordained by Jesus, a physical act by a priest representing becomes Christ. Something a priest does, a sacrament. We got seven of them. They're all the all the sacraments. Yeah, I just heard he got Martin Luther asked how did Martin Luther die? And I've heard he died holding a rosary and that his last words were, My God, what have I done? Okay. I don't believe that. You know, I just don't believe it. Um, I don't know if he truly believed what he believed because the dude was back and forth in his teachings, back and forth, back and forth. And I guess people say the same about me, raised Baptist. Then you went Presbyterian, health and wealth, 
then Presbyterian, now you're over there with the Catholics, but they do the same thing that the Baptist Church, Methodist Church, the non-denominational church, and do not let them say that they're non-denominational. That is no such thing as non-denominational, okay? Ask them what they believe, and they'll say, I'm non-denom. They believe something. I hope they believe something, but find out stuff about the other churches, like the Baptist, Lutheran, Church of Christ. Where did they get started? Where did the Church of Christ get started? They will outright lie to you and say they were started in Antioch. Luther loved the Holy Mother, believed in the presence in the Eucharist. He's rolling over in his grave. Uh, you know, not only that, have you read his sermons about Jews? And I know that there were racist church fathers. I know that, but they didn't start a religion. Luther started his own religion. He started his own religion. And he wrote a lot of bad stuff that I guarantee you, if the woke people, if the woke people, well, then again, they, they had these. If people out there in the entertainment and news industry knew what Luther, the founder of the Protestant church, believed and taught about Jews, all these churches would have to fold. They don't even know. These people, there's a Presbyterian church about 200 yards that way. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. They think that all. They think they are the early Catholic Church before all the pagan rites were implemented. That's what they think. They don't know. They don't know. And the truth is, when you engage these people and they do hear the Bible, like Beto said, it's going to not, if they're searching for truth, if they're honest, things are going to start gnawing at them. Because when you hit them, they said it's only by faith that Jesus said otherwise. Jesus said, um, any uh, branch of me that is not bare, fruit will be cut off and burned. Jesus said that. You got to be bearing fruit. What is bearing fruit? Hmm. But we have those sacraments. And you know something? Love the interview with Beto. God bless him. He's a good guy. He's been my mentor for years and all. But you got to know your sacraments. You got to know all seven of them. And these non Catholics do not believe that those sacraments, that there's anything to them. They just think they're a bunch of words and symbols. That they're just a symbol, just a symbol. We even the word symbol back then meant something a lot more strong and powerful back then than it does now. Uh, I guess a symbol with them would be a substitute. You know, this isn't Jesus like he said it would be. No, we have a cracker and we're going to substitute Jesus and what he said for the freaking cracker. Oh, hell no. That's heresy. We have no instructions in scripture where we're told to substitute the body, the bread with cracker.
and pretend it's Jesus. No, that's heresy. And Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no eternal life in you. That's a hard one to swallow, and they can't swallow it. But I guess we need to be charitable and loving, and I'll try. I'm praying for you guys. I got to go.